0: Right now, you can see all the football helmets back here, and those all belong to Steve Spurrier. In addition, we have a second um, contest for two tickets and a $50 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. All you have to do is go to the Meldon Law Facebook page, and you can um, sign up. And uh, we've had some really um, terrific winners uh, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see some of their pictures. So, uh, join us at the, uh, Lady Gator, uh, match on gymnastics. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's really, um, exceptional. Have you ever been to any of the gymnastic matches?
1: Unfortunately, no. I was supposed to go to one, but I had to go home for an emergency and just, I've been so busy with school and I haven't been able to okay. go.
0: Well, uh, you, you really need to do it, um. After the show, talk to Abby, see if uh, she can score a ticket for you, because <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Liz, this is incredible. No,
1: I need to go, especially being a senior. It Time is ticking.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is on the SEC network as well, uh, mm-hmm. for those of you that uh, – uh, can't score a ticket or, uh, can't get here. So anyhow, we're big supporters of Gator Sports. Melden Law is the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators, and we're very proud of it. So, uh, we support the, uh, not only are we the, um, official, uh, law firm partner, but we actually go to the sporting events. We're into it. We love, uh, Men's and women's basketball. We love uh, the gymnastics and uh, uh, check it out. the The women's basketball team is hot. They, uh, you know, they beat uh, Georgia uh, this past weekend. They beat Tennessee earlier in the in the uh, last week. So uh, they all of a sudden uh, rocketed into the uh, top twenty in the country. And uh, men's basketball team is uh, doing. Uh, much better now, so let's see what we can do to support Gator athletics. So, our um, our visitor, our guest, uh, and our favorite uh, baker today is Liz ds welcome to the show liz
1: thank you for having me i'm yeah. very excited <laughs>
0: well anyhow um we're you were coming up on valentine's day yes okay so as a baker you know uh you know valentine's day that's an important day for a baker right
1: um, yeah, a little bit of an important day, a little bit of a stressful day as well, but it's it's very rewarding to kind of see someone want to incorporate your baked goods into a day that they share with their significant other, and to see people's reactions is very rewarding and fulfilling, so very, very special position to be in.
0: So uh, how did you get into uh, becoming a baker?
1: So I've been baking since I was around five years old. Um, I was put into baby chef school, and I had my birthday party at a little chef place in Miami. Um, And then kind of in high school, when I was allowed to use the oven by myself, that's when I really started venturing out and forming my own recipes and really fell in love with it. You know, kind of being in the kitchen at night alone, it was just my... My therapy time. It was it was my silent time. <laughs> so you
0: you went to Baby Chef School.
1: Baby Chef School. Yes. Okay, and it's in Miami. <laughs> in Miami. So that's where I was born and raised in Coral Gables, um, and yeah, Miami was an interesting place.
0: So my my um, uh, granddaughter Naomi mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: lives in Miami. Okay, and she's turning. Five April seventh.
1: Baby chef school.
0: I think we need to get her baby into baby chef school. Chef school. And, <laughs> and 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 she's a real diva, so she would probably uh, really get oh, yeah. excited. You know? Don't worry,
1: I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit that <laughs> as my shirt. You know, I'm. I'm very. I, I love it, but. <laughs> well,
0: you know, I yeah. I mean, it looks more Cayo Ocho than uh, Coral Gables. Right? There we go.
1: I'm from Cuba, <laughs> so it works out perfectly. Well,
0: I don't know if you know this, my wife is Cuban as well.
1: I would love to come over (laughs) and help her bake and cook.
0: Do you speak Spanish?
1: A little bit. I understand most of it, but when you don't have people to practice with, it's very hard to kind of keep that language going, especially when it really isn't your first language. But I I could get by.
0: Okay. Well, well, good. Well, I'm uh, around our home. You'll feel right at home. We, we, we speak both languages. Perfect. Uh, at least my wife does, uh, <laughs> not me. So anyhow, so you're, you're going to the University of Florida. Yes. Right? And you decide to start a business. How did that all come about?
1: Well, I know I've always wanted to start a business, and I really didn't know what I could do. You know, I didn't want to go into a market that was oversaturated, and I wanted to be unique. So I thought of what am I good at and baking. Um, the charcuterie aspect of the box came because I saw all the pretty pictures on TikTok and Instagram and I really wanted to do that. Um, and I, the box was born. I mean, I came up with the name because I thought to myself, well, what goes in something like this? And what's gonna be a versatile name that if this blows up, I could take it anywhere? So the box Gainesville, the box Miami, the box wherever I go in my next life. Um so yeah, I don't
0: So Liz, um tell me what the life of a, a baker is like. Uh do you do, you do you, you're going to school and studying and doing all this mm-hmm. at the same time you're running the business. So um do you cook like early in the morning, late at night? When, when, when are your favorite times to cook?
1: Every hour that I'm awake and not studying. Just like the gymnastics team, I have to learn balance to the umpteenth degree. Um Typically, I'll wake up at five and kind of get my day rolling very slowly. Um And then I could be baking until midnight. So the question everyone asks is, well, when do you sleep? And, you know... Copy is a great thing that humans have discovered. And
0: <laughs> so, so um, you know, in Melden Law, we have a newsletter uh, mm-hmm. called you know Melden Law um, Talk, and and in it we feature a recipe once a month. Okay. And I'm inviting you now to tell our listeners and viewers which recipe you're going to uh, contribute to the next Melden Law newsletter.
1: Ooh. Probably my carrot cake cookies, my stuffed carrot cake cookies. I think that those have to be my favorite creation and an accident, actually. So I'll definitely Well, I want to hear the story. The story of the carrot cake cookies? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I love carrots, and I was like, what how can I how can I make a cookie with this? Because carrots are very um you know water saturated. And so I thought, you know, you can't really do much with that.
0: You like a carrot cake's very moist usually, Carrot cake's right? very
1: moist, so a cookie will just fall apart and cream cheese is very watery. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just throw this in the freezer. I'm going to put it on ice. I'm going to hope for the best. And I'm going to freeze the pan as well. Um you know, I'll write the recipe out for you and give you more details, but it worked it it stayed together, and you know all my friends try to recreate it and that's my secret i I put it in the freezer so
0: <laughs> well, that's fabulous, okay, so you froze the you took uh, the ingredients for a carrot cake, made them into a cookie shape
1: um well, I kind of come up with my the recipes on my own, so I'll just throw a bunch of ingredients in the bowl and hope for the best um, and I just threw a basic cookie recipe in there and then added the carrots in, um, a bunch of cinnamon, nutmeg, a couple other spices, and the cookie was born. Well,
0: now, do you write them down so you can replicate it later on in case it turns out really, really good?
1: I'll voice record it on my phone. I'll be like, okay, I'm doing this right now and then kind of tweak it based on how it tastes and go from there. And, you know, it's a, it's a trial and error So
0: a lot of our uh, viewers and listeners here um, do um, bake. Uh, What are some of the secrets you can share with um, our viewers and listeners as far as what, you know, Liz Diaz does as far as her secrets in baking?
1: Well, I think baking, really good baking, what sets you apart is – your passion and your love for it. So if you don't really enjoy being in the kitchen and you don't enjoy baking, it's going to show in your work, kind of like with anything. Baking is also a science. So measuring out your ingredients and really putting time and effort into making sure what you're producing is quality is key.
0: So ingredients uh, are very important. Is that correct? Yes. Okay.
1: Ingredients and heart
0: ingredients and heart okay now in in the kitchen I usually get shooed away because my (laughs) wife loves to cook right and uh, she's she's in there doing this stuff but there's I I can you know make um, eggs in the morning and salmon and a few things like that yeah but I've never really gotten into um, discovering baking Uh, on my own
1: it's a whole different animal (laughs) so
0: so how would you start if 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 somebody's been around the kitchen they know a little bit what's a good uh, are there manuals out there i know there must be stuff on youtube and uh, you know how, how did you how do you keep fresh with ideas
1: well i like to come up with recipes on my own but if you're just starting out perfecting your chocolate chip cookie recipe is key. If you can do that, then you can do anything. I'm convinced of it. And everyone's chocolate chip cookie is different, so that's what I think makes it so unique. Like, everyone's mom has a different recipe. So finding yours and then going from there, you're golden. So
0: um, which chocolate, uh, little chocolate chips do you use? Uh, Semi-sweet or uh, sweet or what?
1: I use a combination of everything. So I use four different chocolate chips in my chocolate chip cookie recipe.
0: Oh, so you don't just uh, go with one.
1: No, I go with four. <laughs> four.
0: Yeah. Well, this is this is turning out to be an education uh for me. <laughs> um, we are go- we're going to go to a break and uh, if any of our listeners want to uh send in questions regarding uh Liz Diaz uh and, and the Box, which is the name of her baking company. The Box Games. Just go to Melden (laughs) Law Facebook in the chat line and uh, send us a question. We would really love to hear from you. Uh, We're going to be back in 60 seconds.
2: We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal!
0: We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Meldon Law is the firm
2: for you. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look! Look what you have done to my truck! Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault! Not, not I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
3: So I'm gonna call Jeffrey, my husband.
2: Meldon Law, this is
0: Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey!
2: This person, oh, no, here, this person later, you no. might.
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, founder of Melden Law, and we are really uh, excited. We have uh, Liz Diaz, who owns the uh, bakery operation called The Box here in Gainesville, Florida, as well as uh, maintaining a full-time student, being a full-time student at the University of Florida. That's pretty. Um, that's a full plate.
1: Yes, a very, a very full plate, but it's definitely taught me time management skills and that if you put your mind to it, you can, you can take on anything.
0: So you, you were in marketing back when you were going to Auburn University, correct? Yes, yes. And when you came to the University of Florida, you went into plant Uh, the plant science um, uh, department, right? Yes. So tell us, does that have something (laughs) to do with baking?
1: Okay, so I came to UF originally to pursue pre-med. And the minute I transferred, the pandemic hit. So everything's thrown online. You know, going from marketing to these science courses is incredibly difficult. So I you know, wanted to choose a major that would set me apart. And I've always been interested in plants. Um, But once, you know, I finished physics too, I kind of said, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bow out of this. Um, But plant science is a pretty rewarding major. You learn a lot about the environment and kind of where we're heading and how to sustain human life in the future. You know, there's there's a food crisis going on right now that not many people are talking about. And the plant science majors are a doctor, of plant. That's the best way to describe it. So very interesting major that a lot of people choose to neglect, unfortunately.
0: So um, when you graduate the University of Florida, it's going to be in, in the spring yes. of 2022. Yes. Uh, what are your uh, plans for the future?
1: loaded question with a lot of answers Um, but I would love to see where I could take the box. Um, I would love to open up a storefront that is a bakery during the day and doubles as a bar at night so students will have a place to study and unwind Um, just kind of the best of both of my business because the Box Gainesville does baked goods and charcuterie so combining those two aspects would be a really fun type of venture.
0: So um, if folks that are uh, listening and uh, watching want to order something from the box how do they do that?
1: So they can text me at the business phone number which is 352-219-7996 or they can go on Instagram or Facebook and message me there. So it's just the box Gainesville and the profile picture is a picture of me, so you'll know you're in the oh. right space.
0: So uh, do we have a, we- a website yet for the box?
1: Yes, we have a website that I panic put together in a sense. Um, I'm not a web developer, so it's a very basic, simple outline, but it gets the job done. People you know, like the simplistic outline of it, so I'm, I'm happy with it for now, but definitely want to up it in the future.
0: So you go to the box of Gainesville? Is that the uh, the website?
1: The Box Gainesville, just box. all one word. Oh, the
0: Box Gainesville. Yes, the Box okay. Gainesville. And you have pictures of some of the different items mm-hmm. that are available?
1: Yes, and then our Instagram, well, my Instagram has all of what I make and the menus and everything you could ever want or need on there.
0: So tell us about your charcuterie.
1: The charcuterie? Um It depends on what you're looking for. I could do weddings, catering events, or I could do simple bachelor nights or girls' nights. And I personally love brie prosciutto and then jalapeno cheddar cheese. So I recommend that to anyone who asks me.
0: What's your preference in wine?
1: What's my preference in wine? I'm 23, just to preference that. Um, rosé. I, I really like a crisp rosé or a nice red.
0: Okay. In in the reds, do you have a preference?
1: Merlot. I, you know, I haven't really gotten into wine that much. I, which is a good thing. You know, if my parents are listening, I'm, you know, I'm here here studying. studying. Well, Liz, Liz
0: (laughs) is either studying, um, or, or, uh, she's baking, uh, up here at the University of Florida, yes uh, which is um, admirable um, in in our home uh there 's no baking going on while uh wine isn 't being uh, <laughs> consumed
1: i I can say that there there was a week where the box really blew up and which is why i 'm here today, where I kind of thought to myself, you know, a a glass of wine would be really nice right now, but do I really want to handle a hot oven and do this at the same time?
0: No, we're going to teach you. Now, we we have a a real box from uh, the box um, Ah. here, and we have a question, what goodies are in the box on the table? Okay, why don't you show everybody what we have in, in the box?
1: This is a breakable heart. So, it's melted chocolate in a heart mold. um, And you take this little tiny mallet and you smash it, which is kind of ironic because for Valentine's Day, we should not be breaking people's hearts. But in this instance, it's a fun little venture. So, I'm going to give you this mallet. Oh, thank you, Liz. Yes. So, So in the breakable heart, you can fill anything in it. Um, So, candy or a card, you know, anything you want to give your Valentine or yourself. So, how you break it is you just... Go for
0: it. You just smash it, right, smash right it. here? I
1: recommend putting it on the table. And then oh, smashing oh, so like but, this.
0: Oh, yeah. putting it on the table. Putting it on
1: the table. And, and then, then we're going
0: to smash it like this. Is there any part of the heart you recommend starting with? Okay. Just go for it. We're going to go right into the center of the heart and see if we can uh, break Liz's heart.
1: <laughs> Too okay. many people have done it already.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's, she's unbreakable. Wait a minute. Here we go. Okay. I am getting it. Okay. There you go. Okay. Here is half of the broken heart, and here's the other half of the broken heart. We can heart. put the
1: heart back together. You can together. put them back
0: together Look at again. That. Oh, wow. Healing. Well, that's really exciting. I'm going to take a piece here. Now, is this white chocolate?
1: It's white Giardelli chocolate.
0: Wow. Here, you want a little
1: piece? <laughs> sure. Let's
0: try a little piece. This is delicious. So, Go to the Box Gainesville. Wow. <laughs> so I, I, I have a sweet tooth. And I can tell you, Liz's um, heart for Valentine's Day is so sweet, I almost didn't want to break it. However...
1: It's a fun little. It's
0: a fun. It's a thing fun to little do.
1: activity. I mean, you can't tell me yeah. you didn't have fun doing that. My,
0: my lord. Okay, and you. Everybody can see how nicely it's packaged here. Yes. Man, with the mallet, do I get to take this home? You
1: get to take that home. That is for you. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you know you were able to be here together, getting ready for Valentine's Day. Yes. So Valentine's Day. This year is on a Monday, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I'm well aware of that. I am a little panicked because I have one class in person and a bunch of orders. Um, so there's still time to order. We have an entire Valentine's Day menu, but definitely going to be a busy day well, for me. Well, let's talk
0: about it. <clears throat> What are some of the most popular items on your Valentine's?
1: Oreo truffles and... Um, Cheesecake hearts, which both can be made gluten free, um, catering to all the gluten free people out there. Um, I personally love the Oreo truffles. I could eat way too many of them, which is pretty bad. But <laughs> well, you
0: you you know, uh, you're in very good shape. Um, oh well, how... I,
1: thank you. I have not been in the gym in a minute, but thank you. <laughs>
0: so, how, how, as a baker, do you, do you sample your goods while you're going
1: on? Sometimes I'm very confident in my recipes, but when a cookie comes out of the oven, I'm kind of like, that looks a little, a little iffy. Um, I'll take, I'll break one open and have it, but I tend to stray away from that just because I'm handling it every day and. Um, after a while it gets old I don't want to eat what I make all the time and my friends will always call me up and say hey let's do a charcuterie night and I'm like awesome I get someone to make a charcuterie board for me for once and I'll show up and they'll be like here's the board and I'm like ah yes taking work home with me
0: (laughs) well I'm I'm really excited where do you get your ingredients from
1: Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, and then for the flowers and sugars, uh, Sam's Club, just because wholesale I can, I can go through a 10 pound bag of flour pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> right, so there are secrets, but uh, you know, as far as the, you know, the number one item um, for this Valentine's Day, the truffle. Is that what you mentioned?
1: Yes, yes, the Uh, Oreos. The
0: the Oreo truffles. Yes. Well,
1: there's a cream cheese shortage, and the cream cheese is what makes the truffles. So I went last night to the grocery store and found a bunch of cream cheese. So if Gainesville's missing some cream cheese, it's in my refrigerator right now.
0: (laughs) Well, this has been really um, exciting, uh, Liz, and um, I'm going to have to introduce you to my wife because... She is, she loves baking and she, you know, she knows all the Cuban recipes. So, uh, she'll, she'll maybe there's some that you uh, haven't learned yet.
1: I'm excited to meet her. Anyhow.
0: Um, so we're going to, uh, say goodbye to Liz Diaz and, uh, the box Gainesville. Uh, please, uh, check her out. Uh, and, uh, Help her get her business started. We're going to be back on Meldon Law and Friends in three minutes. Bye. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, Join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Meldon Law, we won't back down. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together which is why Meldon Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Oh
2: my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
2: Jeffrey! Discussion lady, here, discussion (laughs) lady, you might... New client? Yes,
0: but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you.
2: We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official welfare partner of the Florida Gator. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry, because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. I not even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my truck.
3: Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Jesse, it is your no, fault.
2: No I am fault. calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
3: So I'm gonna call Jeffrey, my husband.
2: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. Jeffrey! Oh, no, wait, here, disgracefully, you no, he no. might.
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon, founder of Meldon Law. We have been in the north-central Florida community since 1971, and we're very proud to be the only official injury law firm partner of the Florida Gators. Uh, and it's fun. And speaking about the Florida Gators, our gymnastic team is uh, kicking butt. They are... Uh, are going to have a match this um, Friday at 5:45, and you will be amazed at uh, how good the Lady Gators are. We have uh, future Olympians um, on our team, and uh, Nia Reed, uh, Trinity Thomas, and uh, a bunch of other uh, great stars. So uh, support our Lady Gators. Uh, the last two matches have been sold out. So. If uh, you haven't gotten a ticket yet, uh, grab one. Now, Meldon Law is giving away uh, a set of four tickets, uh, along with a $100 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, which is uh, where we're broadcasting from now. And we're also giving away a set of two tickets with a $50 gift certificate to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill out here at Celebration Point in Gainesville, Florida. So... uh, Check us out on Facebook. Go to Facebook and put in Meldon Law, and you will be able to uh, see all of the contests that we have going. It's really um, uh, fun. To, uh, it's so cool when we go to these events, and I go with my wife all the time, and we, um, you know, we we try to track down. Uh, the winners of the contests and take pictures with them and have a good time and and the the kids are so excited to be able to see uh, these fantastic uh, gator athletes perform so uh, check it out and if you can't go live, then uh, go on to the I think it's on the SEC network uh, Friday. I think it starts at 6 o'clock on the uh, broadcast, so uh, we're, we're really excited because the Gators could be national champions this year, uh, as they were three years in a row. I think uh, 2013, 14, and 15, uh, they had the trifecta, so uh, we're uh, obviously big Gator fans. Uh, my second guest for the podcast today uh, is Daniel... Barus, uh, who is the owner and founder of Slice, uh, Daniel. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah. So anyhow, Daniel, um, tell us a little bit about uh, the Slice and how you wound up uh, getting
3: into uh, uh, the venture. Yeah. Sure. So Slice Engineering is uh, is the full name of the company. We make components for three D printers which is a very sort of niche market if you're not into 3D printing. you know It's not applicable for everybody, but uh, it's, a, it's a pretty cool technology. And uh, my background is in mechanical engineering. And so took that experience, worked in medical device manufacturing for a little while, and then found out that uh, there was really a need for improving the performance of 3D printers that were out on the market. So we took that idea, that concept, and built a company around it, And now we sell uh, 3D printer components, specifically the part that melts uh, plastic. It's called the hot end. So we we make that component, and we sell to uh, around 40 countries around the world. We're located in the UF Innovation um, Business and Technology Incubator. And, uh, yeah, we're shipping thousands of uh, of parts a month, which is pretty exciting. So uh, tell our listeners and viewers what... Uh, what 3D printing is, what, what's it all about? Yeah, it's a great question. So 3D printing is a pretty unique technology. It, uh, As opposed to 2D printing where you're printing on paper, it is uh, the ability basically to create out of either metal or plastic. We work uh, exclusively with plastics, but create a 3D object. So, for example, holding a, a glass here, this is probably made out of a material called PETG. It's a particular type of thermoplastic. This Is normally done through a process called injection molding, but if you wanted to produce a limited quantity of them at your house, for example, or on the factory floor, but you didn't need to buy 10,000 of them at a time, the only inexpensive way to do that, cost-effective way to do that, is through this process called 3D printing, where you are taking um, sort of raw material, you're melting it, and then you're... um, The tool head that is extruding the plastic, the molten plastic, moves around in a pattern to create a 3D object. So that is essentially 3D printing. Um, Maybe not the best explanation, but no, uh, (laughs) I I, I get it.
0: So, so you have to have some material in the printer, printing device. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you
3: need a raw material that you start with. And and the raw
0: material can be either what plastic. It's
3: it's typically going to be plastic. There are some Printers that can use metals, but those are typically on the more expensive side. There, So big companies are going to use them, like the BMWs, the GEs, the GMs of the world. are going to have a big million-dollar metal 3D printing machine. But uh, you can buy a plastic 3D printing machine for about $150 off of Amazon and get it shipped to your house in two days.
0: For $150, so for $150 I can have... A 3D printer at,
3: in my office or home. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and then it'll be, cost you about twenty bucks to get. Uh, they ship mat- plastic material in what's called a spool, so it's just a, you know, just like you would have thread on a spool. You can get plastic wound on a spool, and then they sell them in kilogram, uh, one kilogram um, quantities, and so you can get on Amazon and order that for about twenty bucks.
0: And, wow. Yeah. So, uh, what would be some applications uh, that a person in an office or home would commonly, um,
3: you know, utilize a 3D printer for? Yeah, it's a great question. So one of the cool things about 3D printing is that there are a bunch of new applications being discovered all the time. When the laser was invented years ago, there was no application for the laser, really. It was like a cool technology. We focused light. Nobody really knew what to do with it. Now we use them everywhere, right? They're used in possibly in this microphone, they're used in cameras, they're used in your car for speed detection. 3D printing is kind of similar on that trajectory. So the initial use case was we're going to make prototypes faster than through a traditional manufacturing method. So instead of taking four weeks to machine a prototype out of metal, we're going to print it out of plastic in a week. Now the applications are really quite limitless. So some of our customers our customers kind of span the gamut. So some of our customers are printing with a $150 3D printer at their home and they might be making a custom bracket for a shelf in their garage or maybe they have a hobby. They like to fly drones and their drones break a lot because drones are like that. So they print a part for it instead of instead of waiting for it to get delivered. On the high end of the spectrum, there we work with the US Navy for example. So the Navy has 3D printers on Um, On ships, on submarines, Uh, the U.S. Army and the Marines have them in what's called a forward operating base. So it's a um, a base that's sort of close to the front lines. And so they have, let's say, you're in a Humvee, the door handle on your Humvee breaks you don't want to ship that thing from the United States where it's getting manufactured. You can go back to the Ford operating base, tell the technician, Hey, I need one of these door handles and he can have it for you in two hours.
0: So uh, what, how, what would you do? Uh, get the specs for it and put it on a computer and then the computer would talk to the printing
3: device. Absolutely. Yeah. So the 3d printer takes a set of instructions in a language called G code and G code is uh, a um, universal language for machine tools. And um, so, Basically um, uh, machines that manufacture items. And that G code is translated uh, from a desktop computer or a laptop or some even some phones will have applications where you can take a 3D model that you've designed or, or downloaded from the internet and based on a set of specifications. And it it's called slicing, which is part of where the slice engineering comes from. So uh, it converts that 3D image on your computer screen into a set of instructions in G-Code, and that is then sent to the 3D printer, and the 3D printer interprets that language and says, okay, I need to, step one is I'm going to move to point zero zero zero, extrude this amount of plastic, and then I'm going to move to point one one one, extrude this amount of plastic, et cetera.
0: So that's pretty cool. Um, How would you get the exact specs for, you know, you use the example of a a door handle. Mm -hmm. If something broke and you wanted to get that, how would you create the exact specs for that uh,
3: part? That's another good question. So in the case of the military, they are actually creating a library where they're finding all of these parts that are kind of wear parts, something that would break often and they're going back to the manufacturer and saying, give me all the specifications on that door handle. We're going to turn it into a 3D model that is then going to be printable um, at the forward operating base. But if it's a door handle in your house, uh, there are applications on your phone or you can buy what's called a 3D scanner, where you can basically scan it with the, the camera on your phone or the camera on this 3D scanner, and it'll import some of that geometry into a 3D file that you can then convert into a printable wow. object. Wow,
0: that's pretty cool, because if Jeffrey Meldon called Tesla and said, I need a part, I don't know that they would uh, give me the specs.
3: <laughs> they would not give you the specs. <laughs> but you could scan it. I could, could scan, scan it. it. And, okay. Yeah, you could scan it and, and 3D print your own. In fact, if you Google just like um, Tesla 3D printed parts, you could find stuff, models that other people have scanned and designed, and, uh, and you could even download somebody else's file and print it on your 3D printer.
0: Wow. Well, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm far from a techie guy, but, um, in our family, we uh, have two Teslas. We have no vehicles with, um, engines in them. Really? Wow. And, uh, so I I'm learning slowly, but surely some of the cool things that Tesla, um, does. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about, uh, how they visualize, you know, uh, or scan what's around you and, I mean it's it's friggin' amazing.
3: It is amazing. Um,
0: what what the technology is. I I can go onto the interstate and uh, uh and just tell the car just to drive itself. Mm-hmm. And it it just does it. You know, uh, the only downside is I actually have to keep my hands on, on the, the, steering the steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if that's a downside. Yeah. It's probably an upside. <laughs> upside <laughs> um, for everybody else, downside yeah, yeah. for you. Maybe. But yeah. but to ta- you know, I, I you know I, I've been around for a while, and the technology that I'm seeing developed is absolutely uh, fi- you know, fascinating to me. And, and we're going to get into some more of this uh, in our second uh, session with Danil, Daniel Barus, who is the owner of Slice Technology in Gainesville, Florida, and we'll be back in 60 seconds.
2: We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Melton Law is the only official welfare partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melton Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melton Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal.
0: We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Law is the firm for you. Welcome back to Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Melden, and uh, we are really excited uh, to have a great show for uh, everyone to uh, listen to and to view. If you're watching, you can uh, watch us on Facebook, Melden Law and Friends, or you can go to YouTube, and we're on 37 audio platforms, so Uh, Check us out, Meldon Law and Friends. We've been on uh, almost a year and a half now. We're uh, really uh, excited about uh, the traction we're getting um, around uh, Gainesville, Ocala, Lake City, and the rest of uh, Florida and the United States. Uh, So check us out. Tell your friends uh, to listen or watch the show every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Again... I am here with our special guest, Daniel Barus. Uh, Daniel, we are talking about three D printing, and I was fascinated that you can actually get a home three D printer for a couple hundred bucks, yeah. um, and then you can buy the materials and start, um, you know, creating uh, designs and products um, on your own.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's really incredible. Over the last 10 years the prices have dropped about tenfold which is just stunning to think about that sort of price movement to make it a more affordable technology more achievable technology for most people and the really cool thing about this is that 3d printing is really the first technology that has allowed the sort of layperson that is not an artist or a a machinist to create something tangible from their mind with their own two hands in a matter of hours um Fast you know, rewinding a few decades ago, the only way you were going to do that was with a hammer and chisel or with, you know, a lathe or something like that. And now you can do that uh, with a 3D printer, which is pretty incredible.
0: Now, the um, applications for this, you you know, you were mentioning earlier, you know, there's million-dollar machines that someone like BMW might be Mm -hmm. using. Are they using that to create prototype models, or are they using it to replicate uh, it, mass
3: produce uh, uh, parts for their uh, vehicles. So, in some, some of both, mostly for prototyping right now. So, the nice thing, you know, if B, if Ford or BMW is going to make, uh, you know, a mold for a car, they they want that mold to last for you know hundred thousand vehicles. I mean, there's a significant investment to tooling up a line, a production line, to be able to manufacture those parts to to come out with a car that is. Uh, you know, consistent from one BMW 3 Series to the other. They're not that different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're producing fewer number of cars, let's say you're producing 1,000 cars instead of 100,000, the cost to bring up a production line is is significant. And if you're 3D printing a lot of those components, you can really reduce the cost. So like GM for the new Corvette, the C8 Corvette, they used more 3D printed parts than any other vehicle before in history. And for one, it's a, a, you know, they're not making as many of those as they are the uh, the Chevy, I don't know, uh, some crossover, you know. Uh, they're not making nearly as many of them. So there's, there's a, a cost break-even point where it makes more sense to 3D print.
0: So uh, to all of our listeners, you know, we're talking about 3D printing here. And, uh, it, you know, it's kind of fascinating because... You know, you're talking about the new Corvette. It kind of looks like a Ferrari to me. It does. <laughs> that's so you know, cool. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> Ferrari was making those cars 40 years ago, and yeah. she, and uh, Chevy tried, finally figured, well, that's a pretty cool-looking car. I think we'll, we'll make one. We'll of make looking, one, too, but, yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm a big um, car car guy, so I, I go to shows all over. Awesome. And uh, I was so excited to see the Corvette. I thought, wow, that, that's a great-looking they, car. Yeah, and they're selling it for, you know, seven sixty seventy thousand dollars 70000 or mm-hmm. something, which is not cheap, but it's not like, you it's know. It's not the,
3: unachievable.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's not exactly the cost of a Bugatti or something yeah, like exactly. that. But it's going to be interesting because eventually, you know, there's certain companies, uh, you know, I mentioned Bugatti, you know, there there's certain European manufacturers that could actually start you know producing cars in
3: limited quantities using this technology absolutely so what's really cool about this is every time you see um, a significant revolution in the way in which humanity produces items so we had the industrial revolution right and then we've had the information technology revolution so we're now entering what's called um, industry 4.0 so it's the fourth industrial revolution 3d printing is a big part of that ai is part of that blockchain technology, cryptocurrency is part of that. And all those things working together allow us to produce things in both digitally and physically in new ways. So... Every time you see something like that happen, it shakes up all of the sort of established industries, and you see smaller players entering the game because now they can compete on price suddenly. So what I believe is going to happen is we're going to see a bunch of smaller boutique automakers showing up in the United States again, where they're making a 1,000 cars or 10,000 cars a year, and they're going to actually be able to do that at a price point where consumers are going to be able to afford to buy it, and that's a really exciting thing because more that allows more people to uh, enter into that market, whereas, you know, they're rolling really the big three, and, and now in the next 10 years, there might be the big 30 or the big 300, um, and that's that's I'm really excited about that as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, so um, as you know, we're lawyers, uh, and melden law yeah. uh what are some uh, applications that uh, we might think of as far as using uh 3d technology hmm
3: that's a great question so there's a lot of obviously legal stuff that goes into the back end of 3d printing making sure that uh i mean i know you're not working in intellectual property law necessarily but um There's a lot of patents, a lot of trademarks, a lot of of, uh, copyright stuff that goes into industry 4.0 in general, right, but also specifically into 3D printing. So that's that's a way that, uh, from the law side, you could get involved. In terms of how 3D printing technology applies to you, um, I don't know if you want to print trinkets for some of your customers or something that would be customized, something to send out to your clients that might be a fun... um, you know, promotional mailer or something where that would be less expensive to do it that way than it, if you had somebody on staff that operated a 3D printer than doing it in another Well, way.
0: I thought of one thing. If we're in the courtroom yeah. and we're trying to recreate a crash and we've uh, 3D Absolutely. printed models of the scene. And, That's uh, a brilliant way. And, and everything we can it. just, uh, you know, you can certainly do it on a computer, but sometimes mm-hmm. a 3D model yeah. has is a more powerful way of explaining okay. what Absolutely. happened. So uh, that's I, a great idea. I, yeah, we've got a bunch of techies at the office. I'm awesome. going to, I'm going to have <laughs> you go recruit get one get of these, them. Yeah, <laughs> go get one of these 3D yeah. printers and uh, call Daniel yeah. if uh, you get stuck on uh, what to do next because sure. uh, he'll come over to the office yeah. and uh, help you. If people want to get a hold of you and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I you do business in any retail fashion or is it just with uh, large companies or how yeah. does that work?
3: So we've got a website, sliceengineering.com. Uh, you can, if you have a 3d printer already, our products will make more sense for, for that. You know, that's our target market. If you don't have a 3d printer, um, you could, you know, look at our social media or YouTube and, and maybe get some, learn a few things potentially about 3d printing. Um, but also, if you have questions, you can contact us support at sliceengineering dot com or or just uh reach out through through our website
0: well I'm fascinated uh by you know three d printing i i've seen i saw it you know in the early days and it looked like you know this machine just came with and i'm going what what is it doing yeah that copier is eventually making something yeah. So if I had a little, you know, model car, I guess it would depend on the quality of the printer as far as how mm-hmm. long it
3: would take to create an Absolutely. object, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you could do it as fast as a couple hours or as slow as, you know, several days, depending on how detailed you want it and how big you want it. But, yeah, if, if you wanted, I mean, you were talking about the courtroom scene. I think that's a brilliant idea. Having something tangible is it really makes a big difference in the way people understand things and yeah so if you wanted to print a bunch of small cars you could probably do that in in a day
0: yeah not only that when we're talking about serious injuries and we want to show um you know a, a, a picture of the you know spine and the neck and the uh, disc that uh, were injured in in a crash something like that we we there's a lot of there are there's a lot of standard models out there that mm-hmm. lawyers use in, in the courtroom however what you're telling us is that you could actually customize it to that particular customize case
3: it. yes absolutely
0: and that's a part that is really exciting whether you're building a car or a model or a part for uh you know the door handle I ripped off <laughs> it's doable yeah. yeah absolutely it's doable and the fact that you can you know, somehow, you know, scan it, mm-hmm. um, the, and you don't have to rely on the manufacturer to, you know, disclose what are perhaps, you know, their proprietary, trades, yeah, trade secrets or whatever you you want to call them, uh, is even uh, cooler because um, now, you know if I break something at home, I don't have to, you know, run and hide. I can just tell my wife, <laughs> I'm calling Daniel. We're we're going to get this thing fixed really fixed, quickly, yeah. you know? It's like, <laughs> no problem. So you were talking about the Industrial Revolution. You said we're in number four now? The fourth Industrial Revolution, so, yeah. So the first one, what was that, late 1700s? Or yeah,
3: yeah, something around there, yeah, when, when factories started to, to really form, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of, obviously, issues with, with that era. But, um, yeah, factory production was the first do, industrial revolution. Do you know what uh, the
0: second uh, part of the uh, second and third industrial? So
3: I think the second was Henry Ford with um, standardization, mass production. Mass, mass production, production yeah. yeah, where he started, he was able to produce a car
0: that his employees could afford to buy. Yes,
3: absolutely, yeah. And that, that, was,
0: that was uh, huge because up until that time, it was mostly – you know craftsmen there you know earlier you know hundreds of years before there were craft guilds mm-hmm. where the technology was transferred from you know father to son and, yeah, to uh, apprentice and so yeah,
3: master to apprentice yeah
0: yeah and so the part that we can now create uh with 3D printing uh you know there it might take a lot longer and that uh it couldn't be mass produced in any way mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting near the end of the show. I feel like we've just started. Um, <laughs> if if people want to get a hold of you, what's the uh, the best way to get a hold of you?
3: Definitely sliceengineering.com. Um, you can reach us at info at sliceengineering.com. Just email. It'll come to our our uh, super helpful support agents, who will answer. Your questions about uh, 3D printing, mostly about our products, but uh, but about 3D printing as well. Yeah.
0: So if if, if we have any budding uh, you know inventors out there that uh, you know want to create a prototype, this would be a perfect vehicle to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So uh, 3D printing is ideal for prototyping.
0: So uh, you know, where do you where do you? I guess you can just go online and buy a three D printer. Best Buy's probably got
3: them by now. Best Buy does have some, but you're going to find a better selection online for sure. Okay,
0: so uh, we're at the end of Melden Law and Friends. uh, I want to thank Daniel uh, Barus uh, for joining us from Slice. uh, Is it Slice Printing or Slice Engineering? Slice Engineering. He is an engineer. Uh, And we had a great time on the show uh, today. And thank you very much, Daniel, for uh, joining us.
3: Thank you, Jeff, for having me. And
0: we'll see you all later.